Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries? Mark Meadows would probably still be a happy little congressman if he hadn't decided to work for Donald Trump. Jenna Ellis could still be a crappy traffic court attorney who never got COVID via Rudy Giuliani fart if she hadn't decided to work for Donald Trump. Walt Nauda could still be a Navy cook. Jeffrey Clark could still sleep in his underwear. And Sidney Powell could be doing whatever it is that she did for fun, hunting puppies or scaring children. But they decided to work for Donald Trump. They decided to commit crimes for Donald Trump. And in so doing, they have destroyed their lives. All in the service of a madman who has never cared about them and never will. As is so often the case with Donald Trump. Look, what we saw with the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario, sentenced to 22 years in prison. Joe Biggs was very upset about not being able to take his daughter to school. The leader of the Florida branch of the Proud Boys, 17 years in prison. Three more of the Proud Boys with 10, 15, and 18 years, respectively. All of them because they tried to violently prevent the peaceful transfer of presidential power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. They attacked our capital in Donald Trump's name. And they are now paying the price. Rick Wilson said that everything that Trump touches dies. And it's true. But it's so strange to me that they all think they'll be special. They all think that he actually cares about them. They think that when they fall down for him, that he'll pick them up, but he never does. And to be clear here, this is not an excuse for any of them. They made their terrible choices for him, but they made those choices and they deserve to feel the full weight of the consequences associated with those choices. He doesn't care about them. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. He will let them all fall down over and over and over again. And he'll walk away every single time. It's what he does. It's what he's always done. It's who he is. And the sooner folks start to finally realize that, the better off all of us will be. So today's conversation is with George Hahn, someone who saved what was left of my sanity during the early days of COVID. Um, his videos were brilliant. His rants on the street of New York were just funny and cathartic and just boom, amazing. And 
His Twitter bio describes him as a satirist, a writer, occasional TV interviewer, and urban raconteur. And frankly, that doesn't even come close to covering George Hahn. As anyone who's ever talked to him soon realizes, he's a million trillion things all at once. All of them brilliant and provocative and funny and thoughtful and introspective. I loved, loved, loved talking to him. His perspective is unique in all the world. And I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast. Um, it's me, Jojo from Jersey, And with me this week is George Hahn. <laughs> Welcome, George. <laughs> I just think it's the greatest podcast name ever. Are you effing kidding me? I mean, I like the real name better, but I know you gotta, you know, this is a family show. Yeah, you gotta keep it clean. It's, it's it was like, they were like, what do you think about JoJo Fresh? And I'm like, no, I need to swear. I need to swear. And they're like, you can't swear, but. Who who wanted to call it JoJo Fresh? The, the nice people who helped me produce my podcast. You know, uh... there was an option on the table. And I was like, cause you know, there's like the whole Jersey Fresh thing. And I'm like, are you a rapper? To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My rapper name would be Jersey Fresh. Oh, yeah. No, I was like, I need to swear. I And it's also like, I'm, I don't want to jump into that yet, but like, you know, your rants are kind of like in that tone too. It's just like, we have to sort of be there a little bit right now with all of the shit that's going on. But I want to jump right into this first before we get there. We have to talk about Donald Trump's mugshot. Okay. Because yes. <laughs> here's a video about his mugshot and i just need to hear your take on all of that craziness i gosh where do you want me to begin i cannot stand can i swear on this show <laughs> i do oh good <laughs> i can't fucking stand that pig and i did a rant this morning actually on instagram i do a daily walk on instagram it's become a thing and it's a habit and then whatever but this morning was one of those days where I hit a pressure wall and occasionally I just have to bust out and let it fly because I was listening to a podcast that I really like and it was Trump, 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 Trump. And I just, it, it just went, I am so fucking sick of this guy who has infected our lives. Um, the mugshot to keep it to your uh, topic. Clearly, he rehearsed that look in the mirror a million times. Clearly, he took some selfies or someone helped him take some, but that is a very well-rehearsed look. Yeah. Um, that's not something that just kind of like captured the mood of the moment. Even though he doesn't look happy, he never will look happy. Even when he smiles, he looks unhappy. He is. Here's the thing, or here's a thing, not the thing. Here is a thing. Donald Trump is not wired for happiness or contentment, he is terminally unhappy. He is terminally unsatisfied. Um, you can see it in the way he carries himself. It's it's in his posture. It's in his movement. It's in that face, that potty. You know, a lot of people have a, um, a potty mouth. I have a potty mouth. He has a pouty mouth. Like, he's like, it's always whining. Little, the, that lip is a little pursed. Like, I didn't get what I want. Like, that's the look on his face little bitch <laughs> and uh that that sort of like you know given that cold stare under your eyebrows kind of very it's so tired Ugh. there is nothing and and yet and yet joe he 
manages to spin this into an asset. And his sick crowd eats it up like it's a good thing, like this is somehow a plus. And I'm sitting here, we're all sitting here, anybody of reason is going, what the fuck, are you kidding me? That's why I hit this wall once in a while where I think, we have a guy, the front runner of the Republican Party, a former president, indicted four times. How many charges total is he facing? 90-something? 91. 91. And this works for people? <laughs> Holy shit. And so the mugshot, he looks as ugly as ever. He's yeah. so fucking ugly. <laughs> strawberry blonde. Really? <laughs> if if by strawberry you mean piss yellow, then sure, <laughs> strawberry. Um, and 15 pounds. And I, is he? I've been in the same room with him. Um, it was years ago. I've been in his presence. He's not short. He is a tall guy. I'm five. I'm like five nine and a half. Uh, he was taller than me. Um, six three. I don't know about that. Yeah, but not two fifteen. That fucker's obese. <laughs> and I've said it a million times. He's got the the muscle tone of a wet Nerf ball. Ugh. Ugh. God. I can't, God help anybody who ever had to lie down with that. Ugh. I really can't. I can't go there. I the, the uh. picture and the the picture. I was asked ahead of that picture what I thought he was going to pull off and I, or try to pull off, and that was the one I went with because yes, it's he sort of like you said he was practicing. You know he was practicing that sure. shit like all freaking night. But it's like the way I describe it is it doddering old man cosplaying Blue Steel at like the senior home talent show. Like that's what I that's the vibe I got, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're not actually going to talk about Trump a whole lot in this conversation because I too am really sick of it because it feels like we're stuck on the outtakes of the fucking apprentice and I don't want to be there anymore I want him to go away but we still have to deal with it because it is this freaking reality and the fact is in the oxygen you can't you can't not talk about it because it'd be denial but yeah right and and, and he's making millions and millions of dollars off that freaking mugshot it, it was taken in a notoriously unglamorous county jail and it's like they're like yeah this is here it is legend lara trump badass we did it yeah let's own those libs i mean it's the fact that it's we had to talk about it at all is pissing me off but it is absolute insanity and we do have to talk about it just because it's worth also a laugh but like holy shit what are we talking about here they're raising money they're using it as a rallying cry a campaign ad like what the hell these are not these are not thinking people. This is a guy whose first tweet back was never surrender and a picture of him literally surrendering. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. He made surrendering great again. We showed you. We're never gonna surrender. Uh your boy is literally surrendering, you asshole. God. I just I've no patience. I've no desire to try to understand. Like, no, I don't. I just I draw a hard line. Like these are assholes. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, I was just talking, I was just talking to Bob Seska and he's like, do you go back at the trolls? Like, do you get in there in the debates with, you know, the 
Magadiots and stuff. I was like, but why? why? Why would I do that? What's the point? It's like you're, tr- you're trying to staple Jello. You're never gonna get them. They don't. They don't care for facts, logic, reason, and all that. They have no use for that shit. Like it's as useful to them as a thesaurus. They don't care. And, so yeah. Yeah. No. So I don't bother. But uh, yeah. Well, now that we've gotten Trump's smoke shot out of the way, I actually do want to pivot to some more serious kind of conversation about. Right. Yeah. Um, because like what they're actually doing, the Republican Party as in they, which is really beholden to MAGA altogether now is really dangerous on a lot of levels. But the first thing I want to talk about, because you had posted this on threads, and I guess you're largely on threads mostly now, uh, as opposed to Twitter. Much to my chagrin. Yeah, let's just get that out of the way for a hot second. Yeah. Um, I have, no, I'm not a, I'm not uh, deleting Twitter or X, whatever we're supposed to call it. Um, <laughs> I've just kind of, I've stepped aside because I really, you know, this is maybe a subject for another day, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of Elon, and I'm not going to give that guy free content and provide content that is going to give his website um, interact. What's the word I'm looking for? Engagement. Um, engagement, thank you. Yeah. So um, I miss my audience there, but I'm largely on threads to answer your question. Yeah, um, which is, you know, I hear you on why, the mm-hmm. you know, it's, he's just immensely dislikable. I mean, to make... To, to make Mark Zuckerberg somehow look favorable by comparison is quite the Herculean task. And he's managed to do that somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad comment. Um, so I posted something on Thread. Yeah, so um, the reality is, you know, one of the things that the Republican Party is forcing upon us, you, you posted a photograph of the, uh, or tweet by, you know, post whatever wherever they first put it um and it was the unc chapel hill student newspaper and it was the front page from yesterday and it was a text sent and received by students during the lockdown there the other day where a teacher was murdered and it's chilling um it's just their words about um being scared their words back from people who love them it's very stark and chilling and i and i'm a mom so it's like my worst possible nightmare to have to go through that and you add in your your own personal commentary that this is republicans have mandated that that we live like this and i I wanted to talk about that a little bit in terms of this and then we'll get to some more things that they're sort of trying to mandate we have to accept we have to live with and and gun violence is one of those yeah i have never been in a shooting i hope i never will be involved in one or a victim of one, but I have dreams about them, like that I'm in one and I got to do something. I have like, you know, like I have that nightmare. I've had it before and I, sh- none of us should have it. And I've never been involved in one. Um, and every, with every shooting, it is another, the Republicans did this. Plain and simple. I am so sick of people holding on to guns like it's a God-given right, like God's got anything to do with it. If you're going to put God in the sentence with one's right to carry a gun, you got it wrong. There's no debate. There's no, well, if we look at, no, God does not belong anywhere near this conversation. This is all man-made. And it's all, the situation we're in is all Republican made. Um, 
the fact that we don't have, I'm going to say gun control, gun regulation, gun sense, whatever euphemism you want to soften it with. I don't give a shit. The fact that we don't have gun control is stupid. The UK does this right. Australia does this right. We do it wrong. Um, it is insane that after Sandy Hook, and we're going back, what was that, 11 years ago? Yep. That nothing was done. Are you out of your fucking minds? Background check. Okay, great. Not enough in my book. The fact that it is easier for me, it's easier to get a gun than it is to get a driver's license is stupid. The fact that it's easier to get a gun than for me to get a storage space at Manhattan mini storage is stupid. And I'm not exaggerating, by the way. <laughs> well, not in New York State. It's different. But in some states, let's just say, it is easier for me to get a gun than to get a large space at Manhattan mini storage. Um, the application process is more rigorous. That's stupid. And guns are in, guns are a product that are in a completely unique category. You cannot compare them to cars, so you can't match legislation with car legislation. Cars are designed to get, as, cars are ostensibly a productive, constructive tool or product designed to get you and me from A to B. Guns are a destructive product. They are the only product on the consumer market that are designed, the, the only products that are designed to kill. No other product available to you or me for purchase is designed to do that. They're in a category all by themselves. You cannot compare them to cars. You can't compare them to knives, nothing. And so they need to be treated as such. And Republicans have bent over so far with no need of lube to the NRA. <laughs> These like unscrupulous whores is what they are. All of them. All of them who get it. Anybody who gets an A rating from the NRA uh, shouldn't be in office. Right. And so you should I go on? Because I could go on all day about no. these bitches. I'm so tired of them. I mean, to your point, we saw we saw that exactly what you just said about it being easier to get a gun than you know a storage space. We saw that in, in real time um, in Jacksonville at the Dollar General the other day, mm -hmm. where it's the intersection of a lot of the conversation I want to have about the messaging and the right wing machinery that's pushing out all the stuff that's really really frenzying these people to, to commit these acts of violence. But like this whole idea that in the state of Florida, that man, I don't even want to call him a man, monster was able to get his hands on a Glock and an AR-15, despite having a background of yeah. um, hate-inspired hate, hate violence in, in his background. He was able to get those guns, and then he was able to go out with a manifesto and murder three Black Americans and then himself. And it's like, it, 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 I didn't even see, I don't think, other than DeSantis, I didn't see one Republican talking about that shooting, because why would they, right? Like, it doesn't, doesn't help them with their narrative. Um, and and it and like you said, I really thought I thought Sandy Hook was going to change things, and then I foolishly thought that Parkland was going to change things, and it did for a half a second in Florida. Then I thought for sure Uvalde is going to change things, and I've talked to the father of one of those victims, and you know it, they're so fucking angry, 
you know, and it's like, and Republicans now aren't even feigning anything beyond thoughts and prayers. Like you said, they're so beholden to the NRA now that they don't even care to pretend like they, they care. But it's gun violence. And the other thing, you, they, like you said in your post, they want us to accept this as our reality. So much so that they want to arm teachers. They want to give kids training in tourniqueting other kids so that they can help them not die in a mass shooting. They're building a billion-dollar lockdown industry around a reality they're forcing us to accept. And we don't have to accept it. And popular opinion actually says more Americans are for whatever you want to call it, gun safety, gun measures, gun control, reasonable gun legislation, than are against it. And they're not listening. They don't care. And they're not getting the message through. So so really, what is the end? What is all, what are we going to do? We just have to vote, right? Like, that's what we have to do. We have no choice. They're not going to change. Well, it's the only power that we've got, the power to vote and the power to demonstrate and um, the power of assembly and free speech. Um, because that can change things. You know, there, there are sort of, there is always that faction that likes to laugh at people who march like they're not doing anything. Uh, over time, that's proven to not be true. Um, but because it does have an impact that our number one power is to vote. Um, and also, you know, Joe, when it comes to guns, there is a part of me that has hope that, that we will have a cultural shift because I think it is also partly cultural. Like there is a gun culture. And laws, yes, are very helpful, but I don't know. I, I there is a, I wish or hope, and it's probably futile, but I have a wish and a hope for a cultural shift that a new generation will come in and kind of look at guns with a side eye, like really, like this is your thing, because right now we've got a a gun culture that holds the gun like it is. Um, like it is like a like a crucifix like that is it is their identity it's sad and culturally while i'm on that soapbox to, no one seems to want to talk about how guns as an enthusiasm let's just say that you enjoy guns and you like going to the range and you lock them up properly they're all licensed you got i don't understand the fetish for them because being, as I was speaking about earlier, being in a category all by themselves, a completely unique product category, they are designed to destroy. It's not a constructive, creative tool or toy or fascination or enthusiasm. It's not constructive. It's not creative. It is destructive. I don't understand the enthusiasm for that. You know? Um, when I was a little kid... I used to like to blow things up with firecrackers, I guess, and, you know, destroy Lincoln log houses that I built or whatever. But I was a kid and I grew up. Mm -hmm. mm. And I understand that that's kind of silly now. I don't have an interest in it because I'm an adult. But this enthusiasm for this handheld device that is designed specifically to kill, someone has to psychologically explain to me why someone gets excited about a handheld device that is specifically created to kill. Why is that exciting to you? Tell, like, get to the core psychology of this. 
why does this make you horny? <laughs> why does this turn you on? Why does this make you feel like a man? Does right. it make you feel powerful? Because you are otherwise impotent? I don't, I, that's not for me to say. But there is a reason people get really turned on culturally by these things that are designed to kill. And that is, if they want to blame mental illness, I think the mental illness is right there because there's something wrong with that. We as, as human beings whose job is to sort of create, you know, mm -hmm. not destroy. I don't know. I just culturally, I don't understand the enthusiasm. Get into cars, get into watch, get into watches. Um, some other masculine sort of thing. I mean, I, it's metal, it's machinery. I kind of like, whatever. Right. Um, but I think vintage cars, there's an, there are other enthusiasms to, you know, work that outlet. I don't know. Yeah, even, uh, you know, archery, if you really want to, like, shoot shit, like, try that. But, like, the thing is that it's, it's, it, it exists for them already because I think it's born of uh, in a lot of insecurity and, and also that messaging that men and women in this country have been fed about what is masculine. And that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day because of this, like, hyper- what is What is American? Right. Right, that yeah, that makes you murk, and it's it's a God-given right. God came down Himself, and He divine. I usually have shit that can kill people, even if you're real dumb and you can't read. You can have a gun, and that puts you on the same level as everybody else. And it's like that's I think that's part of it. I think if even the people who aren't you know stupid, the traditional MAGA that I paint with a one tooth and stuff, it still gives you know inferior people some idea of superiority. But like they're also being fed this constant diet, and this is another conversation of sort of a tangential conversation because they're being fed this diet of, you need to hold on to your guns. They're coming for your guns. They want to take your guns. And then there's this whole other thing where they're also priming these very same people who think that we, they, whoever is coming for their guns, that they're othering marginalized groups, like particularly the LGBTQ plus community at the moment. We saw this come to a head in California um, where Laura Carlton was shot in the head um, because of her pride flag. And it's 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 all these prongs of of them being fed this steady diet of hate and fear and they, them, those people, they are coming for your insert, whatever you want, fill in the blank, your livelihood, your wife, your job, your your America. So they tell them so much and they hand them so many guns that when Somebody sees a pride flag and rips it down. The next step for him, when that store owner says no, is a shooter in the head. This is where we are now, but this is by design, right? This isn't this isn't a coincidence. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We have a lot of cultural problems. This is uh, one of them. Um, you know, these are feelings of mine. They're not facts, and I'm well aware of that. But it feels like we have a lot of people who 
are still really mad that there was a black family eaten off, a ch- off the China in the White House and feel that how their lives have, we've got this victim mentality of how their lives have turned out or not turned out is someone else's fault and they need a boogeyman. They need an enemy. Uh, Donald Trump has helped identify one for them or several enemies, whatever. And whether it's black people, Hispanic people, gay people, lesbians, trans people, give me a break. Um, they need a target, you know, a punching bag or a shooting target, something or someone or a group or a boogeyman or a monster at whom to direct all of this grievance, this rage, this anger, because the world is changing, society is changing, and it scares people, you know? Um, And there were a lot of things coming down at once. We had a pandemic that fucked with a lot of people, no matter what color or identity you are. Um, And people coming out of it were freaked out. Um, we saw all these videos on social media. I joked, my running joke for a while was, you know, aggrieved and furious white people pop, um, you know, popping off and snapping in public or something like that. Uh, whether it was at a Walmart, a Starbucks on an airplane, like just people losing it, like just snapping, <laughs> losing it because pandemic money, this changing society, these, you know, Black people, women, gay people getting traction and getting their own money and getting power. And there is a there is a sort of a power structure that just cannot stand that. It drives them crazy that a white straight dude can't just walk in and just sort of be given something because he just showed because he just showed up. It's like, no, dude, you might have to actually work for something a little bit. I love it when Don Jr. complains about like the unfairness of things. It's like, you've got to be kidding me for a rich kid with zero skills. Right. Um, it really is like the kids from succession. Like you've got no talent for anything. <laughs> you deserve nothing. Um, but people are, um, are mad because the ground beneath them is shifting and it's freaking people out. Um, as far as white people being the dominant sort of culture here, it's a, a part of this I feel like is a death rattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Lemon has talked about this. Like it's a death rattle. Um, that makes that, that, that sort of rhymes with my sensibility about this. Yeah. I've got this. I did videos about this for a while online too. I've done so many videos. I've forgotten what I've done specifically, <laughs> but. I remember one was the tagline for the Republican Party. What should be, might as well just be, um, America's changing and we fucking hate it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. What is your party? America's changing and we fucking hate it. That's uh huh. That's it. And, Perfect. And, and act accordingly. Yeah. And violently, if necessary. Like, America's changing and we fucking hate it. That's their motto. Yeah. And America is changing. You know, I never thought in my lifetime I'd be allowed to get married and have kids. Not that I want to, <laughs> but um, it's nice to have the option. Yeah. And I'm glad my friends can do it. Uh, I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd see an openly gay person in a president's, president's administration. No way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Um, and there are a lot of people in this country, in the world, uh, but in this country who fucking hate that. They fucking hate it. They hate, again, that there was a black family eating off the China in the White House. They hate that there might be a black woman in the room who was smarter and more eloquent than them. That's going to drive people crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, that Obama, that Barack and Michelle, not just black, but articulate <laughs> and smart, and it drove them bananas. How dare he use words I don't know? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it drives them crazy. It, it, it like it drenched up all this mm -hmm. stuff that they were like afraid yeah. to say out loud before. So it was sort of like Donald Trump came along at just this perfect sort of collision mm. of, a, of an evolving society, an evolving electorate that is, by the way, what happens. That's what's been happening kind of, since the earth has been around. He identified a boogeyman for them. Right. And the, said, these people are skipping your, skip, they skipped your place in line. Go get them. Yeah. But they're not only, not only they skip it, they're coming for it. They're mm -hmm. coming to take it from right. you. They're coming uh -huh. to take, right? They're coming. Uh -huh. yeah, they're, <laughs> they're coming to take me away. Uh -huh. like, that's the really powerful activation part of it. Is it's, it's like that birthright that these people have just sort of taken for granted that their whiteness was enough to buy them access, to buy them power. Mm -hmm. they, they could be mm -hmm. terrible people. They could be mm -hmm. failures. They could have no education. But that whiteness thing that they had was their ticket for access it to was everything. The yeah, and that, su that somehow the evolution of the universe is such that that's going to go away. It, I know people who who responded to that with 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 going so far extreme that they were like, "My kids' colleges are indoctrinating them with woke ideology, and there's all of this both sides and extra special treatment for." It. And 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 I think you're right about the Obamas. I really do think that that's a large part of it. That was very very triggering for a lot of people who were like, "Hold on." It was. Where's my where's my spot? Yeah, exactly. Still is, and it always will be. And and the Boogeyman thing is incredibly effective in terms of frenzying up and rallying up the base who who loves a target to hate because it makes them feel better about themselves. And there is a lot of talk in our culture, and I'm on board with a lot of it to a point. My friend Scott Galloway talks about this a lot, where our young men are in crisis, and I believe they are. You know, and they're falling behind academically. Uh, young guys are like, they don't know how to get game. They don't know how to talk to girls at parties. They don't know how to get invited to parties. Um, you know, that's a problem. And Scott, you know, flippantly, but it's true. Like, you know, young people aren't getting laid. <laughs> um, however, you know, that said, I think there's also that little caveat where Guys used to maybe not have to work so hard. What society is telling them now with women coming up and having expectations of their own, guys, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. You're going to have to work on your jokes. You know, you got to come to a party or a dinner thing with some good one-liners in your pocket. You got to have a good, I'm serious. Yeah. You got to have a good story. Would you, when like this shooting, these shootings, eight, nine times out of 10, you don't have to tell me who did it. If the kid who lived at home in his parents' basement hasn't gotten laid in a year or maybe ever and isn't working and, you know, it's all somebody else's fault. And I want to say, yes, guys, I know it's tricky, but you're going to have, and but guys are not total victims. We're going to have to work a little bit. I say we because I'm a guy too. <laughs> I'm white, I'm male, I got two out of three. I didn't hit the full lottery. I'm not heterosexual. 
which means I only walk the earth at DEFCON 4 on a good day, usually DEFCON 3. <laughs> Seriously, in terms of yeah. natural predators. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you got to work on your game. And you got to be well-read, and you got to be able to have a conversation. doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody, but get the fuck out of the basement. And we got to work a little bit harder. No one's... None of this is yours. None of this, you don't get to, you don't get to get into this college or get access to that girl or whatever you want, whatever you have in your sights. Mm -hmm. You have to work for it. Women have had to do this their entire lives for centuries. Mm -hmm. Black people, come on. Don't you love Ron DeSantis' latest that like, slavery is good for black people, you fucking asshole. Oh my God. Upside the dumbest. The yeah, yeah, we've officially the dumbest them skills. The dumbest. So now that we've got other people like kind of getting access to the same buffet table that straight white dudes have been enjoying, you know, unfettered access to forever, and now some other people are kind of muscling in, they don't like it. Mm -mm. And uh, tough shit is all I got to say. You know, change your game sharpen up your skills chat gpt is coming you better get some you learn how to write better <laughs> you know be better sorry not yeah, sorry it, it's so it's but like the, because republicans understand that that's the base that they're losing and that's the, their grip on power that is slipping through their fingers they're building systems to to kind of in, enhance and encourage this lack of accountability for, for guys like that it's like no instead let's we're worried we're worried that accurate black history will make you feel bad about yourselves and then you'll feel guilty oh we can't have anybody feeling bad no no so what we have to do is we just have to, to like erase it from you know you even being aware of it so god forbid you ever repeat it like we don't know why that happened because like we didn't want you to feel bad so putting systems in place to basically like as a as, an, as a tool to keep the suppression going Here's the, here's the message to straight white dudes. You're not amazing. <laughs> I don't give a shit what your mother told you, what your kindergarten teachers, you know, what stickers you got on your homework for getting a 70. You're not amazing. All right? And that's like enough with telling kids that they're amazing and then they get into a society as adults and they realize, holy shit, high school hero, college and lifetime zero. You're not amazing. Mm. Bummer. Mm -hmm. There are some like foreign kids coming from other countries and cultures and backgrounds and cuisines who are doing better than you in school because you're not amazing. They are. You're not exceptional. I have people in my life who try to drill into their kids. You're amazing. You're gorgeous and you're amazing. Stop it. Yeah. You know, encourage kids. Absolutely. You, kids need encouragement mm -hmm. um, um, and they need tools. They need the tools for success, mm -hmm. but straight white dudes have been told their entire lives for since time immemorial that they're amazing. They're the best. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we're learning now and what we're seeing now is that <laughs> not maybe not maybe we might like the woman to run the company more maybe we would like to run, have an african-american as president and it that seemed to actually go pretty well yeah. and yeah they, yeah. they can't not have amazing yeah you can't 
they can't handle it. And it's interesting because to, to your point about, you know, young men being sort of in trouble, but there, there, there are statistics now that show young men, 14 to 18, 14 to 19, are increasingly sort of becoming conservative, right? Like whatever conservative is anymore. And I have to think about this a lot because the girls are going the opposite direction. What I've landed on as a mom in the suburbs, whose son is coached by dudes who are really reckoning with this, like, hold on. I'm exceptional. Remember, I'm a cis white dude. I'm exceptional. I was born. It was on my birth certificate. It said I was exceptional. Now I'm coaching a baseball team with all this grievance that I'm carrying around about how my birthright made me exceptional and I don't want to have to go out there and prove it by doing anything to earn it. Um, they're now spreading that to the young men, young boys that they are coaching and in that position. Because I was trying to figure out, like, it's not just that, but it's teachers too. It's anybody in a position of authority with this particular age group of young boys and boys. And that, and I think it's it, it really is layers of that, but it's these dudes that you were talking about who were like, wait a minute, I am, I'm exceptional. I didn't have to do anything to be exceptional. I was born exceptional because that's the message I've always gotten. And now you're trying to tell me I'm not? Well, fuck that. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to tell these dudes who are impressionable because I'll sit their ass on the bench if they don't believe this stuff that they're not men. It doesn't surprise me to hear that there is a spike in young men who identify as conservatives that they found their tribe. And this mm -hmm. is a, you know, a, they've found a common bond with others who see a different other as the enemy. Instead of saying, dude, it's not them, it's you. It's not the black people. It's not the immigrants. It's not the gays. It's not the trans people. It's you. Uh -huh. You know, whoever said it was your job. If I'm running a company, I want the best person for it. And maybe you're not it. Get a better skill set. Do you know how many times, Joe, I've changed careers? I was a, I tried to be an actor. Nobody wanted anything to do with me. So I was a waiter and a, I was a bartender and then I was a restaurant manager and then I learned a new skill. I learned how to make websites and then the technology around that changed. And if I was going to stay in that game, I had to learn, I had to keep up, I had to keep learning new skills to stay afloat and pay the rent. It was really inconvenient, <laughs> but I had to keep learning shit. Nobody handed it to me. So when someone says, I can't learn new tricks, I'm like, you are that lazy. Thousand percent. Lazy. This is my job. And like when someone's working in coal, you know, like it's going away, man. But there are other skill sets that are available to you to learn. Let's go. Let's pick up a book. Let's take a something. I know I'm simplifying it and that's not no. necessarily fair. And you're asking and, you know, we're asking people to. You know, this all goes back to what we've been talking about the whole time, I think. It's a shift in what people have known their whole lives and what they've known and understood and what they thought to be true and to belong to them is not necessarily maybe true and doesn't necessarily belong to them. And they're freaked out. Right? Um, it sucks. And I'm learning new skills now. I'm in a bit of a transition period as as I sit here and talk to you. Like, I'm trying to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. It's frightening. It's daunting. Um, I thought things would be different uh, at this time in my life. But at the same time, I know that if I just chill, breathe, maybe take a nap, <laughs> and then take the next right action... 
next right constructive action toward something better. I have a better shot, right? Yeah. Um, it's very easy and quite lazy to get mad at other people. It's lazy. Um, and these people in our society with these grievances that are angry at others because their lives didn't turn out the way they thought it should and things aren't the way they want them to be. Guys, it's not them. It's you. Exactly. Exactly right. And uh, no one is no one is out there just waiting for you to pop up and hand you anything. You know, I didn't expect myself to be a 49-year-old mother of two who's divorced and so supporting the kids on my own. I never expected I would have to do that at this point in my life, but no one was and coming gotta, to save you me. Got, you got a house, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm Remember? myself. Yeah. Yeah. And we I, talked about this, and I was like, yeah. you take the next word action. It's easier said than done, and it seems like you're just like, it's like that movie um, The Ring, and you're in the well, and like, <laughs> the lid is being closed and there's that little crescent of light that gets smaller and it's like no I'm never it's not I'm never going to see light again. Yeah. It you hang in there, you take the next right action, you know what to do, you're a smart person and look at you now. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's easier said than done and I don't want to simplify it and pretend that everybody's got access to the same tools cuz they don't, no, you know. Don't. Right. Um and there are some people I've I've been very fortunate in my life, um, I have advantages that a lot of people never will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that it's fair. Right, but you don't feel entitled. That's the, no. thing, that's the difference. No. That's the main difference. Is that Right, and so that's, that's that mindset that you were talking about that I was talking about in terms of no longer feeling entitled and because it's, it's not none of the shit's guaranteed for any of them, and that's why we have so much conflict right now. That's why it's gurgling up so badly right now, and this has happened throughout our history, throughout right. world history. We're going to have to weather this storm. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be bloody. I talked to Alejandra Caraballo, who's this amazing trans woman, and she's like, you hope in a daily practice, but you know, this is dark. It's always darkest before the dawn, and this is where we're at right now. And I do believe what's on the other side of this is going to be a culture shift. It's going to, I really do believe that. Absolutely. And also, yeah. it's called the American dream, not the American promise. Yeah. And it doesn't come true for everybody. Right. And that's just how it's designed. Also, uh, it sucks to hear it, sucks to say it. Also, I don't expect to be handed anything. Like the acting career bit, for example, like I never wanted to be handed a role. I wanted to be offered an opportunity to audition. Do you know what I mean? It's a different thing. I don't, don't give it to me. Sure, it's nice to have an offer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, oh, just a shot, you know? And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like the chance to compete and, you know, it's really like may the best man, best woman, best person, best they, them win. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be handed anything at all. That's gross. Me either. And I think there's more satisfaction in, in really, honestly, achieving it on your own without, you know, expecting anything. That That's satisfying to me. That's something you've built with your own hands. So nothing um, worth nothing worthwhile is easy. That's what my dad always used to say, and I try and think about it all the time. He always used to say, the hardest things are usually the most worth doing. And and I really do believe that. Like, I really do believe that the easiest things are usually the the, the, the sort of cheap way out or not necessarily the right path. But um, I love, yeah. 
there was this law there was this national chain of gyms like in the 80s <laughs> and in different regions in the country they had different names anyway share was the spoke model oh, for them that. and she was when she had the short butch haircut with the blonde top and she opened up she goes let's face it if it came in a bottle everyone would have a if a if, it, if a good body came in a bottle, everyone would have one. Like that. <laughs> that was the gist, and that's the same point. It's yes. it's stupid, but it's true. <laughs> like, if it were that easy, everyone would be able to like whatever. So yeah. you gotta. We the the moral of the story is, you know, we gotta work for it. Yeah, yeah, and stop yeah. feeling so friggin' aggrieved about everything. You're just fucking shut no. up. No, so you gotta change your skill set. I've done it at least ten times. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm and not kidding. Yeah. The world's changing. Get over it. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to pivot to my last section of this uh, this interview because I always do this. I end every interview with three random questions. I have four for you, but I don't know which one of the second ones. Fire are. away. Okay. Okay. So this is what I call the, I need, a, I need a jingle for this. I'm not there yet. Rapid fire random question round. Are you ready? Joy Chong. <laughs> okay. In a Freaky Friday situation where you woke up in someone else's body, who would you like to be for the day and have them and have your body for the day? Oh, that's really good. <laughs> um, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, okay. Good one. Yeah. Because I know my dogs would be well looked after and hers would be too, right? <laughs> I know she loves New York. Yeah. I, I've i never been to her house, but I'm sure I'd like it. Mm -hmm. And just for a day? Sure. Yeah. yeah. That can't be fast. And as long as we knew that we were like, you know, be like texting like, dude, I'm in it. I'm you. She'd be like, yeah, I am fuck. so hung. <laughs> right? Like, She'd be like, oh, my dick is so big. I love it. She might be overwhelmed. You know. <laughs> I can't stop touching you, George. I don't want to leave your body. Um, <laughs> wow, this went in a weird direction. I escalated quickly. That's how I rolled. But mine would be Tom Brady. I just want to see, like, how much pussy does he get it? He's got to be a lot, right? Like, you just walk around with her. He's like... just like, yeah, he's drowning in puss. And then I want him to have to be in my body to go to my son's sports things and be like, you know, the coach is just, like, dismissing everything he says. And he's like, oh, fucking Tom Brady. They can't. He doesn't. Right. I just want that for, for Tom and for me. That's a good one. Okay. I like it. Question two. This is the one I was debating about, but I think I'm gonna go with um. Okay. Would you rather explore the depths of the ocean or outer space? The ocean. Me too. I think that I, it's yes. I love the idea of space exploration. I think it's super cool. Um, and the fact that we're you know going back to the moon is exciting. However. <laughs> There are, I took an oceanography class in college, which I failed. I had to take it again because <laughs> um, I just never went to class. But um, it did trigger in me an interest in the ocean. There are still parts of the ocean that have yet to be explored, depths. And it's amazing down there. It is amazing. There are species of fish um, that we haven't identified yet or creatures, whatever you want to call them. Um, the ocean is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> endlessly fascinating so yeah that does that answer your question yeah and just i think we have to just make sure that we don't go down in certain submersibles because that would be a bad idea well i think we should like we could work on the technology 
You know, once upon a time, you could not have a man submersible down at the Titanic. Mm -hmm. When Robert Ballard discovered it and his team discovered it in, I think it was 85, um, it was not a man submersible because you couldn't. The technology wasn't there. And the technology will get better. Yeah. Yeah, we won't have imploding um, submersibles. Right. right. I'll be able to do it. All right. This is the last question, and it's 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 kind of going back to your video rants, which is how I ever became aware of you in the first place. Because during COVID, and we're all sitting at home, and I'm like, who is this amazing person who's got these amazing rants? And you just talk to the camera, and then and you would just do that really at the camera moment and it was amazing it was so cathartic but on that note if you haven't seen them you need to find them like seek them out because they are amazing and they really match the tone of the time and they still resonate today and you still do some of them today but not as often but they're still very powerful to really resonate and it makes you feel like we all get it off our chest with you but what is if you had to pick one your biggest single pet peeve of all i think i know what you're gonna say yeah <laughs> one. I know. My list is long too. But just one. one. What do you think it is? I'm just curious. I think it is people who have speakerphone. Oh um, my God. I was doing that. <laughs> yeah. I got it. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's that. Okay. That I think the, the peop, people, people doing speakerphone in public is my biggest pet peeve because it's symptomatic of a bigger problem. It's not, it's really merely a symptom of a problem that is, has to do with people's total lack of consideration for other people. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and people think everybody wants to, or you're just, there's either you think other people want to hear it or are you just not considering the fact that other people hear it and you have this total lack of awareness, whatever it is, it's awful. And the whole like, Dave Hill, my friend Dave Hill said it perfectly, like people holding their, like carry their smartphone like it's a Pop-Tart <laughs> and talking to it. It's not a walkie-talkie. <laughs> it's a fucking phone. And it doesn't require any more physical effort to hold it up to your ear <laughs> and keep the other person's side of the conversation out of our lives. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. People are horrible. People are horrible. John Paul Sartre was right. Hell is other people. Um, but people's lack of consideration for others that manifests in speakerphone in public because that is peak asshole. Yeah. The only way you could peak that peak asshole is if you were to get four of those assholes, line them up side by side, and make them walk very slowly down a New York City sidewalk. Sure. That would be the only way, because yeah. that's mine. Those people yeah. who walk alongside each other and they don't have any care that you're behind them and you need to go somewhere. They don't care. It's like, kid, this isn't, this isn't sex in the city. You know, <laughs> fucking, you're not Samantha. <laughs> well, no one is. She's not even in the picture anymore, but like. Right. Um, did you see that? Do you watch that show, by the no, way? No, I don't. I saw the first one and I was like, I'm good. Yeah, it's not the same. It's yeah. like clothing porn. I, they are having fun with the clothes, and it is a great, it's still a great Valentine to New York City. Yeah. Um, it is a very sort of love, great love letter to New York living. However, um, yeah, I thought the original series was more fun, or maybe because I was on it, but like, that's right. Um, <laughs> you were all in it. I was on it. Yeah. But the, the Sex in the City formation down the sidewalk is, again, People don't consider others. That's a, that's another symptom of the same problem. Yes, exactly. And it's all part and parcel to everything we were just talking about in terms of what the fuck is wrong with people. 
Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> selfishness. It's a real lack of empathy and a selfishness. It's it's a it's a problem. My mother said to, and I'm very fortunate as we talked about the advantages that we've had, and I know that you're like this with your kids because you're a good mom. And my parents gave us values. My mother said to me years ago, she said, George, when you guys were kids, and I was having some like questions about parenthood, and someone said to her, Linda, the only, the, the only thing you can do for your kids is two things. Number one, love them, and number two, give them a sense of values. And that's where the fuck up is. Yeah. And love your kids and give them a sense of values. Because what I see now in our politics and our public discourse are people who don't really have a good sense of values. Because it, there, there's, there's, some, there's a missing, there's a lack of empathy for other people. And we've got narcissists as role models. And I'm talking about like, Donald Trump, uh, Elon Musk, like these are horrible role models for people. And yet people regard them as their own personal Jesus. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, ultimately that we have to remind ourselves that there are still fundamental rights and wrongs in this universe. And that's where that, you know, the value system comes from. And I think that that's important for us to remind ourselves all the time about and to get back to and to slap the, yeah. slap the ones who don't want to be there out of the way make them go back and a, and a shout out to the ones who do do it we spent yeah. all this time talking about the negative but there are some great people out there and let's you know let's stick to them yeah absolutely. you know let's look to them and the ones who teach us how to laugh because that's medicine it is medicine it is the best medicine and the leaders you know this dan goldman's out there and all etc people were fighting the good fight and then we yes yeah. got some, and is, there's some there's some good ones out there really yeah. good ones yeah, and I think we should have uh, the daily practice of hope. I definitely think we should employ that because I think we have a lot to look forward to. I'm an optimist, but well, I think with that, just tell me, you know, what are you working on? Where do you want people to go? What are you? What's anything new you want to kind of talk about real fast for people to check out? Well, I think by the time this goes live, I will be hopefully. Um, I've been over the past couple of weeks. I just kind of chilled this summer. And it's been about like, all right, I need to get organized because no one, I've been like waiting for someone to come and pick me up and take me to the big show and invite me to their table with this whole sort of moment I'm having in social media and it's not happened and I've, you know, no one's coming. So I need to organize my shit and like really my Patreon is a big concern. So I'm answering, I'm taking too long more scheduled regular like every monday is going to be a menswear post every wednesday i'm going to have a han solo episode which is my one-man podcast for my patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash george han um and on fridays i'm going to have a newsletter that's like here's this is a little with a little essay in it and other things of interest for my growing subscriber list so um it's just about getting more organized and more productive and treating my various platforms like a real job instead of like oh I, maybe i'll just do a live video right now like no george you're gonna do your morning walk at 10 a.m which is what i'm gonna be doing it's gonna be at a set time and there's gonna be more of a discipline to it because up to now it's all been a grand experiment so georgehan.com my website is the mothership i'm on threads at george han i'm on instagram at george han i'm on tiktok at george han nyc 
And yeah, that's where it's all at. You are an incredibly talented person on so many levels. And honestly, I wouldn't even begin to be able to describe them because you're smart and funny and thoughtful and you're an excellent writer. And, um, you know, you're also, you have, you can act. I mean, the, the, the whole rant isn't just something you just pull out of your ass, you know, it's something you have to actually have a natural skill for, but you're just layers and you're a nine layer dip of amazing. Um, your talent's an incredible person. The world is better for your energy, um, for you being here and for sharing yourself with us. Um, and I just think, I know that good things have been happening for you. And I think that the sky's the limit for the good things that'll continue to happen for you. Um, and, uh, I'm just really lucky to know you. I get a little fangirly sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I think everyone should follow you everywhere and check out everything you're doing in my hundred percent go to his Patreon and do that, please. Because, you know, the, 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 it's hard. It's not like this. You know, George is out there carving his way and doing it well, by himself. What I've done, I've, if, uh, the big page to go to is georgehahn.com slash support. Because some people, Patreon is like a subscriber thing. And some people, instead of roping them into a monthly subscription, if they want to do a one-time thing and drop something in a tip jar, there's that option there too. So if you go to georgehahn.com slash support, um. I am experimenting for any other creators out there um, with what I call the guardian slash public radio model, which is all this stuff is free, but if it's valuable to you, help us keep the lights on if you can. And it works mm -hmm. for them. And I'm going to try it on this end. Okay. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I think everybody should support you everywhere. So, uh, <laughs> well... On that note, that does it for this episode of Are You Effing Kidding Me? with Joe Shelton Shirts. So I good. An incredible time talking to George today. Um, this episode will drop, um, well, I, two Saturdays from now, which won't really matter to anybody, that it'll drop on Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern um, on YouTube and you know Spotify and all the other places you can find your podcasts. And uh, on that note, thank you, George. And thank you, have Joe. A, <laughs> have a great week, everybody. See you next Saturday. Are You Effing Kidding Me? is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com.